Hey, Terry. Hey, Jess. Welcome to episode two, everyone. Today we're talking about what is the model minority? What is it? (laughs) We are it. (laughs) (laughs) We, We are definitely it. Growing up, like, I mean, it's still my nickname now, but like my name is Xiaoguai, which literally translated is little good, right? Like little well-behaved child. And so, you know, I feel like, I feel like that comes with a lot of baggage. (laughs) Were your parents really strict with you or was it just kind of like, yes? Yes. I think of the model minority as being someone who is quiet, hardworking, Mm -hmm. good at school, doesn't talk back to their parents. Mm -hmm. Um, I think our parents reinforced it right? I was enrolled in so many extracurriculars. Oh my goodness. My days were packed full of things like piano and violin. Oh, and I also played clarinet. Um, (laughs) And my mom had me learn abacus, abacus, when we can use calculators now. Um, And just now. (laughs) (laughs) And what else did she enroll me in? Oh my gosh, like art classes, dance classes. You were a nice skater, figure oh, skater. Oh, figure skater. It was and just tennis. like, oh, tennis. It was like so many things. And I know that is privileged that my parents could afford to send me to these classes and that I could do them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was also this idea of them wanting to prepare me as much as possible for any possible outcome mm-hmm. and to make me as well-rounded as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's part of the model minority image, right, yeah. is like yeah. these super, super smart kids who are like over overachievers who excel in everything. And these parents who are over their shoulders, like watching them. I mean, the family aspect is just so big, right? Like we're not individuals necessarily. We are operating in a community. And so like when you do something, it reflects on your whole family. It's funny, my mom just got her um, vaccine or her first dose, and she was talking about how her arm was sore from the shot. And I like refrained from telling her that I was like, I wanted to tell her about how like I used to insist that I get like um, my shots like in my dominant arm so that I couldn't practice piano. (laughs) (laughs) And I like, I like thought about sharing that story and this is like literally two days ago and I thought about sharing that story and then I was like too ashamed to tell, to tell her. 30 years later, you're still ashamed to tell her. Yeah. yeah. What would you think is a typical model minority career? Doctor. <laughs> For sure, doctor. What about um, actor? probably more so now than before right before it was like don't even think about it that's not okay yeah um surprisingly politician i think andrew yang's really kind of paved that he totally what yes what a leader uh what about jeremy lynn in basketball is now sports a an acceptable profession I think it's only acceptable once you make it to the NBA. And at, <laughs> any, at any point before that, it's unacceptable. <laughs> totally, totally. Right? Um, I think it, same with acting. It's like it's only acceptable once you've made it. Yeah, yeah. And when so we say like, made it, we mean you have to have a certain amount of money in the bank. Exactly. <laughs> what do you think? What would be 
like definitely lawyer I think lawyer, um, you know, it's funny, even the honorable professions like teacher, I think sometimes that's like, on that's borderline because it depends on how much money you make. Yeah. So like a college professor would be okay. Yes. College professor is yeah. ideal, but anything other than that, it's like, eh. <laughs> <laughs> so what know. do you think the model minority myth means? I think uh, definitely echoing what you said, you know, the listening to your parents and being obedient and uh, blending in and not co not causing trouble. Um, and I think that it is, you know, being, I, I think that the model minority is somebody who is not going to disrupt what the majority wants, you know, not disrupt what the majority's status is, kind of knowing your place. And so it's it's interesting because it's not the it's not the model citizen. It's the model minority. Oh, yes, right. Like not daring right. to go against the majority, which we know are exactly. white people. So exactly. knowing your place. Exactly. So I think of it as a way to keep Asians from speaking out, from addressing microaggressions or anything that's unfair. Uh, and it also creates a sense that, you know, Asians have it so good in the US that we don't need any help, right? Because we're already fine. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's the thing, like if you are considered the model minority, you just, you feel like you should just be grateful right, for everything that you've been given because there's somebody else that has it so much worse. Are we trying to um, break the model or are we trying to redefine the model? No, no group should be designated the model minority, right? Because in that there's a value judgment of model versus your not the model, which means you're bad, right? There's a good and bad juxtaposition. There's a dichotomy there. So it's almost like we, no one should, should carry the burden of being the model minority, nor should any other group be cast as like the anti-model minority, which is very clear, like what that group is in the US. And I right. think by doing that, you're also, before you even know a person as an individual, when you see an Asian, you think, oh, that person is probably a model minority and you come into that conversation experience with these preconceived notions, you're making assumptions right. about somebody. Right. So it's almost like we're trying to break that. So every person can be an individual as they are and right. not have this thing cast on them. That is totally not true. It's really hard because now uh, we are realizing, or I'll speak for myself. Now I'm realizing that this designation was given to us not by our own people, right? And so it's, yes. it's definitely a classification that was deemed by a the majority. And we're realizing now that by playing into this, this, you know, quote unquote model, we are I, we were living this fallacy um, for most of our lives because we were like, oh, if you can just work hard, if you can just be obedient, if you can just assimilate, then you'll be fine. Like, why? Why would you ever push against, you know? What's the point? Your life is just so much harder if you push against.
And now we're realizing that that silence and that invisibility is was given to us, you know, in a way. And it can, and because of that, it can be easily taken away. And so we are realizing now that by being silent, we are not safe and we're not protected. What, what surprised me about um, being considered the model minority is I think what I realized shockingly recently was how it warped my perspective on the other minority groups because you know and it's it it definitely made me feel superior and it just like it's made me feel um like you know why why can't they just listen right or why Why can't they just fight against the police totally why why don't they stop acting out why don't they just study harder why don't they get into better schools because we got into good schools so why can't other people do it was not part of the fine print (laughs) (laughs) no it was not um or we did not read the fine print. <laughs> <laughs> we were never shown the contract. But that's such an interesting take of, um, you know, we were we were able to move about the world in a certain way. It granted us certain privileges, right? And mm-hmm. it's almost like us being quiet, you would think it would let us get by. But then mm-hmm. if we're quiet and well-behaved, why are people being violent towards us? Why are they right. trying to kill us? That's right. the piece that I cannot reconcile. Yeah, I, I I just, I think that if you're quiet, then you won't, compl- like, w- then why not? You know, you're just a punching bag. I'm appalled by how long it took me to realize that it was a device intended to pit minorities against each other. Yes, same. And I think that's what I'm so embarrassed about is precisely that. And we've had conversations in the past, right? And keep in mind, you know, we're college educated. We went to good schools. We we were, you know, we were like overeducated in some ways. And we still had conversations like, why do other groups act out when if they just follow the rules, they could do really well and become middle class or upper middle, upper middle class. And so now I'm so embarrassed thinking back to those conversations of how blind we both were, mm-hmm. right? Because this exact system of calling us model minorities benefited us. And that was a part of our privilege and it was meant to keep other groups down. Yeah. And now we're realizing that doing all of that doesn't matter. No, because we will still get killed and beat up on the street. Yes, exactly. And so it's, it's such a sham. It's like we bought this lemon. Thank you for listening. There's clearly a lot we still need to unpack on this topic, and we're eager to get your thoughts as well. Please join us next week, where we'll talk about why is talking about race so hard? Unmodeling Minorities will be released every Thursday. Catch you next time.